This is the audio of a video recording of a conversation with Douglas Harding in 1992 in Vancouver, Canada. You can watch the video itself on our YouTube channel, which you can access through our website, headless.org. This conversation is introduced by Brent Cameron. I first met Douglas Harding in 1983 at Sean Mills' It was an informal gathering, much like the ones Douglas has been giving for the last 45 years. I found his work profound and important, yet subtle and simple. Douglas's work is really about who we really, really are. It's a shift in perspective, and ultimately it's about nothing or no thing. Douglas's work focuses on being aware of awareness and aware of experience of the experience. Therefore, I invite you to view this video and follow the experiments carefully as described. It's an opportunity for you to discover and to decide for yourself who you really are. Douglas Harding is talking with friends Sean Mills and Maureen Cameron. Well, <clears throat> as I see it, um, this presentation uh, will come in about four parts, three or four parts. And the first part is this uh, spiel of mine, this introduction uh, about uh, the subject, the topic uh, in general. And uh, uh, that might rather let last a little while. What, what am I up to? That is the question uh, I'm addressing now. What are we up to on this occasion? And the second part, which is uh, what we call the nitty-gritty of the occasion, the essential ingredients of the pudding, if you like, the essential ingredient of this pudding we're offering you uh, is uh, the experiments, uh, the tests. Uh, and and uh, they're far more important than this uh, introduction, but uh, they're what it's all about. And uh, the thing is about these experiments uh, that my two friends here and I are going to do them, and we would ask you who are viewing uh, this uh, film, we'd ask you simultaneously if you'll be so kind as to do them yourself. Then you will get the point of this uh, presentation. And we really have to do the experiments to get the point. Otherwise, you're just looking at other people amusing themselves, you see, doing funny things. So uh, it, it, it's the experiments are for us all to do. And they will bring out uh, the meaning of the whole uh, exercise. So the experiments number two are the nitty-gritty, the substance of what we're on about. Uh, and the... the uh, the third thing uh, will be here, uh, we shall be discussing uh, the difficulties, the, some anything, any questions that occur uh, to my friends Maureen here and to Sean. Uh, they will be putting questions and we shall be talking about uh, uh, the, the primarily, I suppose, about the experiments that we've been doing. And uh, they will be the questions they ask, which will, will, I hope and imagine, reflect the 
why the questions which are in your mind too. Let's hope it works out like that. And the, as I see it, the fourth ingredient of this pudding, the fourth ingredient is, uh, what's the use of this? What's the practicality of it? What's it all in aid of? How do we, uh, how do, uh, do we live this? Uh, that we have enjoyed, uh, hopefully enjoyed, uh, uh, how do we put it into practice? Is it any good for living? So uh, I suggest that this is the, uh, agree, do, do, would you agree, uh, Sean and Maureen, uh, that this is the uh, outline of our program. We'll see how it goes because it's, it's pretty loose and uh, it's not all uh, prescripted. It's essentially spontaneous, but it must have some kind of plan and that is the plan as I see it. Is there any way I should approach these experiments, Douglas? Well, yes, it's a very, very good question, uh, Sean, uh, to approach it uh, from, with an open mind. That's it. Starting all over again. It's not the easy thing to do, is it? But to drop our preconceived ideas, have a go at starting afresh. And the way I'd like to put it is, if you could kindly... I know it's asking a lot, suffer from a severe uh, uh, condition of amnesia. Look, just imagine you happened on, into this uh, uh, occasion, into this world, this time, from far, some far-off constellation, and you don't know who you are, you see, and so you're looking to see uh, what you find yourself to be. Mm-hmm. Here on Earth you've arrived, and uh, say, what the, what the blazes am I? Am I? You're looking to see as though you never had a look before. And I think then, Sean, that you will find, we shall all find, and I shall find, because always new, some surprises. And we are not what we had been advertised to be. Uh-huh. And not what we were told we were. Mm-hmm. And uh, that perhaps our problems stem from being in a kind of coma about who we really are. And we're what it's like sitting in our chair, wearing our pants, being ourselves, what we're looking out on, we're in a coma about it. Mm-hmm. And we do not have a look at that. Mm-hmm. And that's the centre of our world. And if we're wrong about what is the centre of our universe, why, I say, uh, it would not be surprising if the periphery gets a bit snared up. Mm-hmm. But Douglas, do I need to do anything about coming, say, out of this coma that you're speaking about? Yes, or? I think what you simply have to do is pay attention and above all do the experiments uh-huh. with sincerity and uh, have fun doing the experiments. And when uh, we do the experiments, like pointing or whatever it is, if, uh, if our viewers uh, will play along with us uh, uh, doing the experiments and uh, do, do them with an open mind and be prepared uh, for seeing things that are quite considerably different from the way we have been told to see them. Uh-huh. Told to see them. You see, I don't think we see what we see. We see what we are told to see, right. or what it pays to see, or what right. is correct to see. It's all my preconceptions in a way. And it's the most difficult thing in the world is to see what we see. We do not see what we see. We see what we're told to see. And uh, so let me, let me, may I introduce this? Well, we've already started this 
spiel together. I had a mind to uh, mention two texts, if you like, uh, which could, could uh, set us off on our research here. And the first one is from Thomas Traherne, who was a marvelous uh, uh, English mystic of the 17th century, uh, wrote a book called Centuries of Meditations, uh, a, a wonderful poet and mystic and a superb prose writer. And he said uh, this. He was the Church of England parson, so he said it like this. He said there are two worlds. One was made by God, and the other was made by man. And what we have to do in this life is to leave the one for the other. We leave the man's world for God's world. And what is God's world? Uh, 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 I should say... God's world is the given world, the given world. The world is actually presented to our senses. Not what we think of, dream of, cogitate, are told to believe in, but what is actually delivered to our senses, what we see, hear, smell, taste. And, uh, and uh, Traherne says uh, that that world is full of blessing, full of blessing. And it's not just different from man's world, after man has mucked about with the world and interpreted, it's not so different, it's the exact opposite. So the text is, there are two worlds. One is, one is made by God, it's a given world, full of blessing. The other world is, is the world that man, it's, it's really a system of convenient fictions. And sometimes those fictions are extremely inconvenient, so inconvenient they lead us to hell. Hell, and I think uh, that we go to hell if we live in man's world in total negligence of the given world, the presented world, which is indeed God's world. So my first text is Traherne, and my second text comes from a Buddhist source, uh, namely a, a Chinese a sage called Huang Po, or Huang Bo, some people would say. Now he lived, I think, in the um, 9th century AD uh, in uh, southern China. A great Zen master, or Chan master, to be more correct. And he said many, very, very good things. And the one uh, that applies now is this. The ordinary man goes by what he thinks. But the sage, the wise man, goes by what he sees. And uh, that is really Traherne's message. Because the world as presented to me uh, is God's world. And it is uh, interpreted uh, by man. And so interpreted, so misinterpreted, so, so worked on so mucked about with that it becomes a world not a blessing which, 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 it, which it should have been and was initially becomes a world of suffering uh, delusion, misery and every kind of hell so that's our program to, to, to investigate the two worlds and move if we may from one world into the other and I say the essential thing is don't believe a thing Douglas says. 
I mean that. I don't even believe a thing that Sean says or Maureen here. I think it's, it's up to each one of us, up to you, uh, up to you to test what we say. Don't believe it, test it. Because in man's world, the second of these two worlds, uh, we are intimidated. We don't, we don't see what we see. We don't hear what we hear. Uh, uh, we uh, hear and see what it is proper to hear and see what we are told to hear and see. So the essential thing is not to be further intimidated by old Douglas sitting here telling, me, uh, telling you what's what, but to be your own authority and have a look for yourself. And we are saying, don't believe us. Test it, test it, test it. Is it true for you? I gather from what you're saying, Douglas, that we should test it with our, our senses rather than our thinking. Yes. The way Hawaiian Pope yes. said. Test it by looking, by, by, by looking sense by, experience. By sense experience. Not right. by cogitating about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Test it by uh, the, the, the things of looking to see. Just like a scientist tests a thing by looking at, at, at dials and meter rods and uh, right. so forth. He, he doesn't uh, sit in, uh, you know, in, 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 like this, like a Rodin's thinker, you know, and or, See what, see what the facts. He are. actually looks at the facts, right? Mm-hmm. So we're concerned. You know, in this program, we are concerned with something that's embarrassingly simple and obvious. It's foundation stuff. And right. you right. see, a very interesting thing. May I mention this? Uh, that uh, until uh, I've been on this trip in North America for the next for the last six, seven weeks, and I came in a, my usual state of mock humility, or, or uh, you know, uh, rather uh, self-effacing, I would have to say, uh, you know, there are many, many, many ways back to who we really, really, really are, and I've got only one of them, and it's only one way, it's a way, it's not the way. Here's a modest old Douglas talking like that. Well, I think fair enough, and that is true in a way. They're true in a way. But... I have really to go back on that and say uh, this uh, that we're on about uh, here uh, now is not optional. It's a matter of truth or falsity. It's not a way. It is the way that we're on about, the way of laying a foundation for all those wonderful uh, religious, um, spiritual, intellectual, metaphysical uh, superstructures that we build on foundation uh, uh, work and what we're on about here is laying good foundations and it's not optional whether you shall have a good foundation or not or any foundation or it's essential whatever structure is reared you need this foundation stuff so I don't say that this is a way and we can either opt in or out of it I say this is essential and I give just one example, if I may, which is before me now. Uh, I uh, have Sean, my dear old friend, or dear young friend, well, you, well, you know what I mean. I have him here, you see. And why? For the, the viewer here, and indeed for Maureen, I think, that Sean and I are confronting one another, aren't we, Sean? Uh, for them, for them, if I'm for the viewer, and for Maureen, here's Douglas, and here's Sean. And concert like that, see, mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. confronting one another, meatball to meatball, 
a comparatively fresh meatball to comparatively stale meatball with a symmetrical setup with an axis here. And what's that side is roughly what's this side. And that is their story. And it, so in all languages, you see, the story is face to face. I mean, when I meet Sean, we're face to face. Language says so. In French, German, you name the language, they all say that this is a face-to-face -face symmetrical situation like that. Uh, Douglas's face and, and, and uh, Sean's face. And uh, Sean, uh, I think we may have a different story. Do we not have a different story? Yes, I think we do. Well, I can just tell you now that I'm Sean'd. Sean'd. I'm, I, I just have Sean's face now. Absolutely, I can. I know how the light. Sean, there's a, a reflection on your top knot. It's rather decorative, you see. It's a good kind of slightly mirror effect up there, which I think the viewer may be also enjoying. You know? and and uh, 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 and I, I, I can see how the shadows fall. And are you seized of all that? Do you have that? No, I you don't. don't have it. No, you you can't find that. No, no. Of course you can't. Of course huh? I can't. I can't. But I can tell you all about it. I can just, I can spend a month of Sundays describing this rugged, oh no, this charming terrain here, uh, Sean terrain. I can describe it because I have it. I have Sean's face now. And the only face I have, if I leave out Maureen, who is a little bit on one side, my face at this moment is Sean's face. And I, and I am, well, you know, I just stop here. I stop here, and I've nothing above here, Sean, to keep you out with. And I'm open and busted, wide open here for you. Not because I'm a nice old Douglas, not because I'm loving or special. I'm just telling it like it is. I have never, never, never been face to face with anyone. Never, never. It's always been face to space. And I'm built open here, not because I'm a nice chap, because that's the way it is. And in man's world, which leads to hell in the end, it is the trouble story is confrontation. So Douglas, you're saying I'm sitting here and I'm seeing Sean and I'm seeing Douglas. So clearly you're talking about uh, an experience from your side that's very different than me over here, seeing the two faces, because I could say to you, yeah. What are you speaking of? Because you're saying that you have Sean's face, but clearly I can see Douglas's face yes. from over here. From your point of view, the situation is symmetrical. Mm -hmm. I've, I've told Sean that I have his face. I think he's going to tell me that he's the one that mm -hmm. has the white beard now. Yes, indeed. Yes. I have a big white beard. Oh. And, and Sean, is, Sean is kind of wearing the white beard now. Yes. yes. And you, <laughs> know, right. you know how white it is, how tangled it is, yes, how it hairy. All the details it's of it. All you're, you're the one that's in receipt of that. That's bad right. luck. That's right. Bad luck. It puts about 50 years on it. <laughs> but it's bad luck, but still, there it is. No, that's and true. Sean, we are trading faces, are we not? Yes. And I think the viewer, from the viewer, I think we don't have chance here. But if I, if I, if I just attend now to our viewer, viewer, viewer here, I mean, what do you, what does the viewer experience? I mean, are we, uh, you, you, and I, are we face to face, or is it on present evidence 
without thinking about it, face to space. Face there, space there. Have you anything where you are to keep Douglas out with? Have you a speck to keep him out with? Now, I say in God's world, in the real world, we are built to give love a chance. And I don't say that immediately, seeing that I'm trading faces with Sean, I'm desperately, you know, overflowing with, with love for Sean. I, I, and I, I, I don't say I'm not, but it doesn't meet up necessarily the case. But I have set it up, truthfully, set up a situation of truthfulness in which love has a chance. So I say immediately we can see one of the major differences between God's world, in which you never confronted anyone, in which love is really, you know, given room to flourish. It's set up for love. It's a world in which love is basic, really, and, and it is based on what I call non-confrontation, on asymmetry, like that. So we are trading faces. You see, this is something so profound that uh, in, a, in a real, real sense, we give our lives, in God's world, the real world, we give our lives to one another. We really do. Because when, see, when I come home and look, look at what's here, there's nothing left here. It's all gone. And Douglas says, you know, nothing is more summary than decapitation, losing your head. And Douglas chopped. Gone for the chop here. It's all gone. I have given way totally down to the last particle and quark. I have disappeared in favour of my dear friend Sean. I've given my life up as Douglas, and I'm resurrected now as my dear friend Sean, and now as my dear friend Maureen. And what a, what a beautiful setup this is, isn't it? In God's world, we are built for loving. And I don't say that immediately we all break out to fall in, you know, falling in love with one another in a, in a very kind of passionate way. But what I mean is that we are giving love every opportunity to flourish. It really is being busted wide open. Busted? Yeah. We are busted wide open. Mm -hmm. And we disappear in each other's favor in God's world. But in man's world, because what happens in man's world is we are told we're face to face. I'm told we're face to face, you know. When I meet Sean, why Douglas and Sean are face to face like that. So what I do is hallucinate right. to order. To I hallucinate a, a thing here for keeping him out with. Now that's mad. That's crazy. And I must say that man's world is a kind of organized craziness. It's organized madness. It is mad. Right. And madness leads to hell, every kind of misery. And it makes love almost, it makes enormous, enormous obstructions in the way of love. So uh, I say uh, uh, the truth is the exact opposite in man's world from what it is in God's world. I've just taken an instance. But in our experiments and uh, what we've been going on about, we take many other instances or some other instances of the difference between the two worlds. And of course the joke is we're all living in God's world. We don't really move from man's world to God's world. We're all living from a truth, aren't we? I mean, we're 
always living from this. We just deny it. We're we just in a need to see the facts about it, right? We need to see the fact. Yes, sure. that's right. Mm-hmm. We're all, everyone, I mean, the viewer, Sean, uh, Maury and Doug, we, uh, everyone is doing it right. Mm-hmm. The only thing is we've gone into a, a coma. Mm-hmm. Or a story. It's if, like we believe the story. Yeah, we've thought it. on something else. Yes. Mm-hmm. With a great big calm. And what is the calm, Maureen? What is the calm but this? I am what I look like. Mm-hmm. Now, I am here what I look like over there, four feet away, five, mm-hmm. no, four feet away mm-hmm. from you. I mean, that's a big calm. Mm-hmm. I'm not what I look like. Mm-hmm. Here, I'm not what I look like to you. What I look, what you see Douglas to be is one thing. Mm-hmm. And what, I, what Douglas really is, you have his appearance. I have his reality. And the difference is total. Mm-hmm. And the great calm is, uh, uh, which society requires us, uh, you know, it's in small print when we join the club. There is one of the rules of the club is I am, I pretend I am here, what I look like to you over there. And in mm-hmm. fact, I'm the exact opposite. Yeah. Now, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And we have such an investment in that. Like, I, I find it, you know, it's, it's hard to give it up in a sense. Because I want to insist that I do have a head. I am this. Yes. And that's that's the first response. It's like yes. it's hard to let this go yeah. in a sense, this story. Of course, on this, Maureen says, uh, uh, talks about uh, on having a head or no head. Of course, a bit of a misunderstanding for which I'm afraid I'm slightly responsible by writing a book called On Having No Head. If I had been really... Uh, prepared to have a longer, more truthful title, and this misleading, I've just said, on having millions and millions of heads. Because <laughs> I have millions and millions of heads. The only thing is I don't have one here. I've got heads in every spoon, in every mirror, in every person around, in the dog and the cat. They're all, they're all, you know, when they look here, they get Douglas's head, don't they? I mean, I have millions of heads. But I don't have it here. That's the point. Right. I have it in the mirror. Mm-hmm. It's about having it where it really presents well, itself, where the right. facts are, right? Dr. So we're all clear about having a head. We know what a head is and so on. We have, we've absolutely got it wrong about where, where it is. The whole mm-hmm. question, the, the, the big word is where. Where do I keep that dancing? Where do I keep Douglas's head? I keep it there in the mirror. And this is rather important because, you see, that thing I see in the mirror, Douglas's head, is now 83 years. It's been dying for 83 years. I mean, how long is its shelf life now after 83 years? And, I mean, come on. If I'm that, I've had it. See? But it's there. Now, we can't do this uh, exactly in the studio now, but it's up to uh, all of us, our viewer and all of us, when we look in the mirror uh, to see where we keep our head, and, and, and then if we bring it on, you see, like this, say, well, it, it's got to be here, it really is here. It's not there. And we put it on, we find we can't do it. It disappears. Thank God, because it's de- It's a death head. It's my death certificate, isn't it? It's, 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 and put, try and put that on here. It's kind of suicide. But thank God, death is death. At a distance. At a distance. And when I put this nearer and nearer and nearer, why, uh, I just can't put it on. I just can't put it on. So uh, St. Paul, dear old Paul, put a question. 
said, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Now we can answer, dear Paul, Paul, but we'll say, well, the, death, the sting of death is about half an inch away. It's quite far enough, so I don't, it doesn't sting me. So that's, uh, that's our, our program. But we shall be addressing not only the, the different ways of seeing the difference between these two worlds and enjoying the difference and moving from one to the other, uh, but we shall be talking about how we keep it up and how practical this is. And in my view, it is entirely and totally practical. And how I could survive, let alone function, without this vision that who I really, really, really am here, busted, as you say, Maureen, mm-hmm. busted, busted, mm-hmm. wide open. So I'm space for the world to happen. And how I could manage without that, I don't know. Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is so... I mean, all, all it's about is being natural. It's not about being funny old person, about doing anything very special. It's just really being, what should I say, open to what's obvious. Respecting the facts. Respecting the facts. Humility before the evidence. You know, what is the, what is the basis of science? I mean, science is very impressive. What's the reason for the success of science? It's humble before the evidence. And it's always going back to what is seen. I mean, when medieval science built, ah, science, philosophy, so on, enormous, wonderful structures without looking to see. And, uh, and of course, they looked it up. They looked, looked it up in Aristotle or the Bible. And uh, they never looked to see. And then uh, Galileo came along and started dropping stones from the leading tower of Pisa. And uh, the, the people all reasoned that the, the big stone had to reach the ground before the little stone. So our purpose in doing these experiments is to Well, just our see experiments it. are just the same spirit. Right. Humility. Look, we have, this, this is a scientific investigation. But it's the subject, it's not the... <coughs> The subject of the investigation is not the subject. It's not the object. It's indeed, indeed the subject. So we're applying the same standards of reference to the given and the physical. So science and common sense indeed apply there. We are applying it in this direction to who we are and what we're looking out of. Mm-hmm. Humility in front of the evidence. And I say it's fun. I say it's invigorating, I say it's energizing, inspiring, and intensely practical. And moving, what it is really, is moving to the place we never left, from the world of delusion, man's world, a world of alleged convenience. And of course it's convenient. I mean, mean, look, look at what it's produced. It was a kind of game, and it's produced some extraordinary results. But I'm afraid the whole thing lands in hell uh, because it is the opposite of God's world, the given world, which is full of blessing, every way full of blessing. In God's world, love has a chance because we are busted wide open. 